In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to conquer the environment, get rid of distractions and make for a more focused dog. Now today's podcast, it really excites me. It's absolutely my heart. It's my passion. It's, I suppose, one of my big ways into the dog world. And what are we talking about, Tom? We are talking about the sport of agility. Woo! Now, the thing about agility, and this is what we kind of wanted to dedicate this podcast to, is that Actually, you know, it's a sport in its own right, but actually there are big benefits to every dog kind of learning from that, getting involved in that. And there are going to be some big benefits in terms of conquering that squirrel, making a more confident dog. And we're going to dive into them in this episode. And having that better relationship with your dog through working with them, I think... I've always loved dogs. I've always enjoyed working with dogs right from, I don't know, two, three. I remember having, um, we had our family dog and, and I've always enjoyed that. However, when you work with a dog, when you train a dog, when you move a dog through um, into agility or um, any sport, really, actually, there's a whole new level of relationship that we, I suppose, achieve through that, right? Absolutely. And, you know, the cool thing is, is that if we think about what life is, well, it's a case of you're moving through the world with your dog, tackling obstacle after obstacle, them looking to you for cues on what they should do and how they should behave and where they should go. And then if we think about the sport of agility, well, we've just described exactly what the sport is all about. So the cool thing is, is that effectively often struggles that you might have with your dog in agility are probably struggles that you're going to have in the real world as and well. And we can work on both at the same time. That was the one of the first moments where I really woke up to what we're doing with dogs and how we're doing it with dogs. And that was that moment of a friend saying to me, well, Lauren, you know what? I dance with dogs. And when I dance with dogs, it's about rhythm. It's about working out together. It's about relationship. It's about timing. It's about like a a sort of hunt for the right moves together. It's a hunt for the right sort of relationship, the timing. And then she said equally, yeah, you watch like the gun dog out there, uh, out there hunting, out there working together, out there over hurdles, under hurdles, sort of achieving, I don't know, great things through adversity. The relationship and the connection and what you do together, it doesn't really matter whether you do agility or gun dog or obedience or heel work to music or freestyle. You know what? Through all of those things, we achieve uh, great things together. And, and we feel both, um, I know you and I both feel that all dogs could do this, right? Yeah, Pretty much all dogs. Yeah. And, you know, the form that that takes might look different from one dog to the next in terms of what we need to grow in them. But what really excites What really kind of excites us about sport training in general, and we're using agility as an example here, is that you can work through things on things and grow things in the context of playing agility that actually 
impacts your day-to-day with your dog. And I want to give a quick example about that. I remember going into a school and um, Tom and I were, uh, we were both going into a school to um, help. Um, I, we were doing a bit of a demo with, with, with children and dogs, right? Yeah. And um, I remember advisable. the teacher, <laughs> I know the teacher said, didn't she, um, we're doing a test yeah. later. Um, and the thing is that all of these things, like whether you're training a dog to retrieve something or whether you're doing agility or obedience, there's lots of tests in mm. it. Yeah. However, we like to see it more as, as games, not tests, right? And, yeah. and yet that teacher was adamant wasn't she she was completely adamant all the kids are really nervous today because there's going to be a test later and i was like oh yeah a game she's like no a test i'm like yeah a game so no, a test. I'm it like, is okay, a test. Yeah, I'll save that one for another day. <laughs> and, <laughs> we'll tackle and that one tomorrow. <laughs> it is completely, the, uh, whatever you're doing with your dog, like these are challenges that you're going to hit in life. And yet the way that you play them, well, we play games, yeah, right? Absolutely. So there are, there are some kind of core concepts and strengths and skills that you grow by working in, playing with, playing the game of agility. And so the first one that for sure we want to tackle is that concept of confidence and optimism. Because if we think about what a confident dog is, what an optimistic dog is, it's they see novelty, they see a different situation that they've never seen before, and they think, huh, it's cool, you know what, we're going through this together. And then if you think about the the actual skills involved and the actual behaviours of tackling the various obstacles within agility, well, again, we're building optimism because we're working on novelty and we're, we're encouraging and rewarding our dogs and pairing that with a positive outcome. Now, in agility, and I obviously compete at the, the top end, end in agility, having an optimistic dog makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just make a little difference, it makes a huge difference. So this year at, um, at Crufts, uh, Blink just really absolutely just so confident, like oozes yeah. confidence and oozes optimism in every scenario, whether it's a camera chasing her or whether it's a um, you finish your round mm-hmm. and there's or people to ask. Well, it, clapping. It's, or, it's loud, yeah. it's big. And, and yet confidence and optimism really serves us well in every mm-hmm. situation, whether that's in your garden where actually we recommend a lot of people can do a lot of the home stuff in your garden whatever breed you have because just because we're saying agility doesn't mean you have to do great heights or doesn't mean you have to do um sort of i don't know narrow widths Mm -hmm. actually we can adapt a lot of this um for the benefit of the dog and that's exactly why we created the online agility academy because actually often people there's this big belief in. did you just say online agility academy okay i did did, but we were were talking more about it um but the um the the cool thing is is there's this there's this big misconception within all of the dog world that actually the way that you train agility is you set up courses and the dog repeatedly does the same and course. you run them over and over again until your dog is absolutely shattered or mm. until you get them right and you yeah. work really hard to get them right and at the end of it the dog could be broken yeah. and actually often the handler too yeah exactly and, and the reality is that we would approach agility training and Lauren does so very successfully competitively as well as effectively a series of playing games that teach the skills that sure they make that big picture but if you imagine like the the all the skills involved in agility is like a big puzzle and how about we just play a game that teaches one puzzle piece and we put the puzzle together at the end and the cool thing about that is that um blink for example um pre crufts i think she had done maybe six training sessions mm-hmm. um she's very physically fit so that's part of our triple f program uh and that's one of the the fitness programs that we run at absolute dogs it's 
she's very, very mentally fit. She's very, very ready for training challenges. Mm -hmm. And yet at no point had she run hundreds of courses. At no point had she been grilled and drilled. At no point was she physically or mentally exhausted. Mm -hmm. She was like peak and and like top of her game. Mm -hmm. And so she went in and yes, she did win two major events at Crufts. And she's also been sort of one of the top dogs at the World Championships. However, at no point have we drilled her. And this has been a complete change and shift in our training in probably the last five, six years, isn't it, Tom? In, In the sense that... No longer do we want to just put them around courses. And actually, a lot of the schooling can be done at home. Yeah. And it's made it more fun. Like, how Loads cool is it fun. that you can, like, stick the kettle on to make your, I don't know, your cup of tea before bed? And you're like, you know what? I'm going to do some agility training while In the my kettle, kitchen. kettle's boiling. Like, there's nothing better. That's the cool thing because everything is doable at home, really, on the whole. It's only the fine tuning that I need to actually go out and train in the arena mm. or hire a venue. or And very often now, that is a possibility. So we don't always have to put ourselves in the hands of, um, a sort of situation where you're being drilled and sort yeah. of trained in a set way you actually can be quite flexible in the way that you learn these skills these days and it it allows for a dog who will last longer yeah. it allows for a dog who will be going i see blink going until her into, into her teens mm. if we want to I like i see she's her stopping. she's going she is going <laughs> like I, for me i love that about what we're doing is that we have the ability to keep working them and they want to work like they enjoy it yeah absolutely and then i guess the second concept that that i want to kind to throw in here is a concept that we don't often talk about and yet it's vital whether you've got a reactive dog a a dog who's a young dog who's maybe learning the ropes or an agility dog and that is flexibility and what flexibility is is the same the situation looks the same but I need you to respond or behave differently in it. And what that might mean for where you're at right now listening to this podcast maybe your dog currently barks and lunges at other dogs we need them to not bark and lunge at other dogs. But in order to do that, they first need to understand they can do something different in that situation. And what we see a lot is that dogs really struggle with this concept of flexibility where they do the same things all the time in the same in the same situation. It's just like default, like muscle memory. This is what I do. And an example of that is dogs that counter surf. They jump up on the kitchen counter um, and steal things. Every time they walk into the kitchen, the first thing that they will do is they will check out the kitchen counter because that is what they do there. They're inflexible in their response in that situation. It's been so rehearsed and that's the only thing they really understand to do. And then giving an agility example of the same sort of flavor would be, I don't know, let's say at the, in the arena at the moment, actually, in the in the training arena here, we've got set up jump, jump, tunnel. If you only ever do jump, jump, tunnel and you don't do jump, jump, call off or jump around the back of the jump, other end yeah. of the tunnel, then all your dog is going to assume is, is do that jump, jump, yeah. tunnel. So when you ask them to come yeah. off it, it's too difficult yeah. for them. Absolutely. Or even how about be around the jumps in the tunnel and not take them at all. Actually, how about let's do some heel work or some leg weaves? How about you lie on your bed calmly in the presence of a tunnel? Like these skills, that's the equivalent of a knock-knock at the door because there's a guest visiting your house and your dog staying on their bed calmly. And I remember being a a major training um, sort of uh, seminar. I was one of the lead teachers there and it was an amazing experience. And I was was one of the top of my game at agility at the time. And I remember someone running over to me saying, I've waited for this moment for so long to get to ask you a question, Lauren. And I was like, oh, what sort of agility question am I going to get here? And they said your beds, when you train your beds, how do you get? And and what I loved was the agility for a lot of people is very doable. The beds, oh my gosh. So actually, it's one of the things I know we've tackled a lot in Agility Academy is actually how you get that new picture. And, yeah. and that is through flexibility, right? Absolutely. Like flexibility, adaptability, getting our dogs to see 
the same picture and have a different response. Yeah. And how you can play an agility game that requires minimal equipment in your garden that actually impacts how your dog responds to visitors to the house, how your dog responds to seeing other dogs on walks, how your dog responds to seeing the squirrel on a walk. And th this weekend I was away with um, our agility dogs and actually um, we were staying in a, um, a holiday cottage. And what I loved was when I asked them to get in and out of the vehicle, no matter what, they get in and out of the vehicle. When I asked them to hold in the vehicle, they can hold in the vehicle. When I asked them to have the leads put back on again, they have the leads put back on again. And yet seven or eight years ago, yeah. some of the dogs that we um, definitely were the, the same dogs, we could struggle with those mm. things. And that was simply because we didn't put that sort of flexibility, adaptability training within our program. Yeah. And so it was getting the vehicle and they'd be like, mm, don't want to because you're going home. Mm. So it's that real um, principle of how it works in into real life and how you take it into real life. So the next concept that, that we want to cover is one that every dog needs. And that is that when they're in high arousal, when they're very excited or they're very scared, can they still think and listen? And if we think about what that means, well, you know, going back to that analogy that we often talk about of every dog has a bucket and things pay into that bucket. And at some point that bucket overflows and your dog can no longer listen. And maybe they're barking, maybe they're lunging, maybe and they're running let's off. Let's be honest, in agility, we see a lot of overflowing buckets, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And the cool thing is, is when we grow the skill of thinking and arousal, actually the bucket gets bigger. So that bucket can accommodate more things. So for your, I don't know, your dog reactive dog, maybe your dog can cope with seeing 10 different dogs on your walk and they don't lose it. Whereas before, actually, they would be reacting on seeing the first dog. And so the cool thing is, is this is a concept that applies to loads of different situations and it's an absolutely vital one for agility. And actually in playing the game of agility, you can grow that. And an example of that was, um, I was on the beach recently. I asked one of my dogs, Tokyo, to come into middle. Instead of going into middle, I mean, we've bets done the same, yeah. uh, Blink does the same. Instead of going into middle, they either go backwards into middle or they go around yeah. the whole of you like they're circling yeah. you because they actually are like can't think it's so exciting i just want to run yeah. and it's all of those sorts of things especially when you put them into the context of at the beach or on the moors or near water or near the waves or whatever mm -hmm. it is actually that's when the thinking and arousal can go and his opportunity was to go off lead mm -hmm. you can go off lead if you can go into middle and he went i'm trying but he kept going the whole way around i was like okay let's walk for a bit longer and we'll try again in a minute so it's about um giving them opportunities in different scenarios and they don't have to be agility related yeah. right so um the cool thing is is that the sport of agility is is very high arousal because it involves movement it involves speed the, the other it thing involves it's worth fun saying things. is it's growing really fast so it's only going to get more high, yeah. high high arousal yeah. right like it's not getting any lower because the thing is, it's one of the fastest growing dog sports. It's one of the fastest growing sports generally mm. in the whole of the world. Like people literally love doing this with their dogs. They yeah. love taking time out. I mean, there's loads of research that says basically taking time out in nature with animals is a really good thing to be doing. Yeah. And so you're outside, you're working with dogs. It's a good thing. And it's only going to get more well, busier because exactly. it's popular, right? And so what you're doing in, in playing the agility games is you're actively encouraging your dog and rewarding your dog and growing that ability to think and listen in this high arousal movement-based sport. And that's the equivalent of them chasing a squirrel and being able to listen. That's the equivalent of them seeing multiple dogs and being able to listen. It's the equivalent of them being able to listen when there's a knock at the door and you've got visitors. And that is why, you know, we wanted to devote this episode to agility because what we're not saying is, you know what, all of you need to go out there and, you know, 
do agility with your dog so that you can compete. What we're saying is that there are gifts within that, that within those games and the gifts get unlocked when you see it as a series of games rather than exercises and drills. And I think the thing is, a series of games is way more fun than exercises and drills. And we couldn't, I mean, I still today cannot get over that that teacher couldn't mm. see it. Like, surely a series She's of not games. not Mary Poppins. Yeah, it's got to be more fun. <laughs> Definitely more fun. So I think it's about um, how we reframe it as well, yeah. because we can reframe it like that. And then when we break it down into a series of games, it's so achievable. Like when I'm training agility dogs these days, I feel like, this really doesn't need to be a full-time job. This is such an easy thing to do in your living room. And this is something that we're so capable of doing with short snippets of time. We don't need to be putting hours and hours and hours yeah. into um, some of the stuff that I used to do. And I actually feel like it actively breaks your dog mm -hmm. rather than builds your dog. So the way that we train these days, I think is much more holistic. It's much kinder. And it's also for the well-rounded um, dog in, in, in mental and physical sort of yeah, body and mind. Absolutely. So with that, guys, that was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. What we're aiming to do is inspire you to go and have a play with your dog, have a play with some agility games. Those of you that might jump into the Online Agility Academy in the future, you know, we'll probably talk more about it at some point. Absolutely do so because we'll arm you with the games to play in your kitchen, in your living room, in your garden that's going to grow these skills. And in the meantime, remember there is one rule and that is to stay, stay sexy. sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program, huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today, where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy. 